Mission Mindset Adventure is a three-day, high-energy, immersive experience designed specifically to help growth-minded leaders break through their limiting self-beliefs by embracing the uncomfortable. In prior events, we've climbed two 14,000-foot mountains in the Colorado Rockies. We've also hiked 20 grueling miles through the Grand Canyon in under 10 hours. This time, we're going to be trekking down a treacherous part of the Appalachian Trail all night in complete darkness. Why, you might ask? Because it has been proven over and over again that when you step way outside your comfort zone and push yourself way past your limits and face your fears head on, you awaken a giant within. This is the event that leaders come to to find their purpose. Warning, this event is for physically fit leaders who want more out of life and learn best by being emotionally and physically challenged. So be prepared to go deep and learn that you are capable of so much more in life than you ever thought you were. Interested? What are you waiting for? Join us. For more information on this life-changing event, visit our website, missionmindsetadventure.com. Again, that's missionmindsetadventure.com. Welcome back to the Outer Spaces Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gill, and I, this episode today uh, is going to focus around how do you build a life and a business that you don't need a vacation from? Think about it. What if you had that opportunity to just get out every single day and to love the journey instead of thinking about the destination? You know, I know when I first grew up in, in business, it, I couldn't wait to get away because it was just so overwhelming and frustrating and so many things going on that I just needed time away, just a break. But what if you could build a life in a business that you didn't need a vacation from? So today, uh, Maurice Philogene comes on and this guy is just one badass. He's done some incredible things in his life. Uh, real estate investor, entrepreneur, restaurant owner. You know, he's explored over 100 countries. He's served in our military, our armed forces. He's been a, a cop. He's been so many things. He has a capital company now and he he's just a beautiful man. And um, so... If you're looking to get out of the rat race and get focused on how to build a life you don't need a vacation from, keep on listening. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. Uh, my guest today is he's a real estate investor, entrepreneur, he's a restaurant owner. He explored over 100 countries. Uh, he's a philanthropist and a wealth coach. This guy is a badass on all accounts. He's a founding managing partner of Quattro Capital with a passion for life, uh, leveraging freedom principles. We're going to talk about those today. It's uh, financial freedom and time freedom, geographic freedom, freedom of purpose, and freedom of relationships. He has used real estate and a professional career to generate passive income. That's the stuff that we all want, right? And build legacy, all while empowering communities and helping others live their best lives now through lifestyle design. So Maurice Philogene, welcome to the show. Joshua Gillow, my pleasure to be on the show. <laughs> this is going to be a fun show. I'm already jacked about this. <laughs> You've got this wise ass way about you. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. So, um, dude, uh, just that role in the beginning is, is amazing. I mean, isn't that the, the yeah. goal we all do, especially business owners? We, our goal is, I don't know about you, but I know when I first started, it was like, all right, well, I don't have to work for somebody. That's good. Mm -hmm. So now I'm the, my own boss, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then we become an employee of our company and we get stuck doing the thing all the time. Right. And then it's like, how the hell do we get out of doing the thing? How do we empower teams to get doing the things so that we can go being business owners, right? Owning an asset that produces cash flow. So I'd love to dig deeper into that with you today. And, uh, but first I want to, before we get into all of that and get into your principles and all this amazing stuff that you do, yeah. um, tell us a little about your story, man. Tell us about where you came from and, and, uh, how you got to where you are now. Yeah, man. Well, first, thank you for having me on. Um, you're giving people good information, brother. So I'll be part of any platform that tries to help people. So I appreciate you. Uh, I think relative to your listenership, it's important to note where I am now. Right. Because mm -hmm. I think I'm probably where a lot of people are trying to get. 
I'm 47 years old. I am out of the W-2 now. Uh, I was happy to be in the W-2, but I'm out of the W-2 world now. Um, I have two kids. My family is a Haitian immigrant family from Haiti, uh, grew up in Boston, excuse me, uh, born in New York, raised in Boston, grew up in DC by way of University of Virginia. My professional career, I think it's a bit of an anomaly nowadays because people pop around from place to place so much. But I worked at Accenture, which used to be Anderson Consulting when I got hired in 97. But I worked at Accenture for 25 years. It's an IT management consulting firm, a global one, massive one. 30,000 employees when I started. But when I left, there was almost 700,000. So it was the amount of growth, right? Um, At the same time, I was in the military because I needed money to go to college. Mm -hmm. So I was in the United States Air Force proudly. And when I graduated University of Virginia in 97, there were too many officers coming out nationwide from ROTC and the academy. So I went guard reserve. It was the right decision for me. Accenture was offering 40,000. Military was 25,000 for a second lieutenant. It wasn't a big decision or wasn't a difficult decision. I stayed with the military for 22 years, retired in 2019. And then in 2008, I became weird one, but I became a street cop in DC and I did all three careers at the same time. And then along the same journey, I found real estate and the concepts around financial and time freedom in my early twenties, real estate was my path to get there. Did single family real estate for 14, 15 years, earned my financial freedom. When you have enough money to cover your basic needs, you quickly learn that life is not about money. I needed a new challenge because I was pressing repeat. And I moved to multifamily, started a company, and here I am with you, brother. Man, I love that. I love it. And to find that so young, to get into you know real estate and figuring out cash flow so young, it took me way too long. <laughs> you know, <but laughs> I I'm lucky. just thinking, like in the 20s, like holy shit, that would change everything. And you could not be more spot on. Mm. You know that once you get to that point where you know you you your passive income surpasses your your need for for money each month. You know you're you're not your expenses everything changes, dude. It takes, I don't know about you, but it took me a little while to get used to the idea that I don't have to go to work if I don't want to. Yeah. It was only a year. It's only been a year for me now. It's been May of last year where my wife and I became financially free. Right. And it's like, I'm 44 and I'm thinking, man, I have so many questions now. Like, I'm going to do a time. I'm like, do I stop? And like, do I, do I keep going? Do I like, what do I do? And and there's nothing in my soul that says, stop doing it. it's like no put the pedal to the metal now it's time Ooh, to serve right so we 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 are similar in that respect so when i quote unquote hit financial freedom it, mm-hmm. i call it in 2014 when i had more more passive income than i was making for my employer so okay. I had roughly 13,000 of passive income a month from from just single family real estate mm-hmm. that i paid off over the years i was 37 i think so now good. you you, you pe- the 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 following question that typically comes is, did you did you retire? Did you did you leave? Did you go? And my answer to that is, it's very goal specific. I didn't leave. In fact, I yeah. stayed another eight nine years, right, mm-hmm. or seven eight years actually. And the reason is because when I was getting those paychecks, in fact, six paychecks, military, police department, Accenture. Those getting those paychecks was like throwing lighter fluid on the fire towards goals. Yeah. I still had goals. I wanted to do multifamily real estate. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to try out different businesses. I tried to open a coffee shop that bombed. I invested in clubs and restaurants in DC that did okay. You, you, the, the, the point of financial freedom is not necessarily to get out of work. The point of financial freedom is to have control and access to time as you see fit. Yes. I was never stressed at my corporate employer. I started declining promotions when I was asked to go into the partner track in 2013. I was like, nah, I'm good because I was working 40 hours a week for a relative 200 grand. Why would I add another 30 hours a week of time for another 40 grand when I am out on the outside building up my entrepreneurial portfolio? Right. So I think some people can leave and go sit on a beach and do the Mai Tai thing. Some people can leave and go start their own business. Or some people can be very happy employees the way that I was. And I kept leveraging it until mm-hmm. the point it made sense to leave. And lastly, a career should be a purpose or purposeful. 
And yes. being a police officer was a purpose for me. Being a lieutenant colonel and a federal agent in the military was purposeful for me. Excuse me, was a purpose for me. But working at my consulting firm was purposeful. I just wanted those paychecks and I was mm. getting them for a long time. So yep. uh, there was no reason for me to leave. I love that, dude. And that you keep using the word purpose and it's so important you mm-hmm. know, to be purposeful in your actions and to have a it's somewhat of a plan and say, I'm doing this because of this. Yes. And because of doing this, I can eventually do that as opposed to just kind of going willy nilly at life and just hoping like hell something happens eventually and keeping your fingers crossed. That's right. It, so because what are you going to do with your time if you don't have a direction for it? It's like getting in your car without your GPS and saying, I'm going to drive to California from New York with my eyes closed. You know, that's how most people run their lives. I used to be that guy. So that's why I can say that out loud, right? Well, but like, that's, that's, that's the issue. That's the issue is there are people getting up every day, going to work without understanding why they're going to work other than paying yeah. their bills. Yes. They, they have no, no, no plan, no uh, no roadmap to design their life, no, no suggestive activities to leverage those paychecks the right way, other than just burning it, buying commercial goods. That's yeah. called the rat race. That's what yeah. I never wanted and never experienced. hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's so powerful once you get a, a sense of that, this is possible for you, right? Yeah. Cause real estate wasn't something I was ever good at. I didn't know much with it. My, I never grew up with it. It was completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got into it by a friend saying, Hey, do you want to get into this deal? And I'm like, all right, I'm like, I'll give it a shot, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. I, I'm an internal optimist. I'm like, we'll yeah. take a look at these things. And we had a management company tied into it. So I was like, so a true passive income means that I don't do things, right? I don't look at the houses. I don't deal with tenants. I don't do any of those things. That's not what passive income is. That's active, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. To, to be able to manage all those pieces on it, you know, to make a long story short, ended up, uh, you know, allowing for that door to open and us to mm-hmm. be able to pour in. But we've always been savers, right, Maurice? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you are as well, right? So when you have the extra liquid, you know, capital sitting on the side, you'd be like, okay, well, instead of it sitting in a bank account losing value through inflation, why not put it into something that's increasing? That's right. You know, so it's like, okay, this makes sense from there. We get cash flow, we get tax benefits, we get all of these benefits from it. And you're like, and you get to sell it at the end. And if you hold it onto it for 20 or 30 years, it's yours and your tenants paid for it. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful system that is, that is out there, but it can be scary, right? It, it, can, it can be, it can be scary, brother, because you have to, you have to remember we went through 20 to 30 years of formal education yeah. and that 20 to 30 years told us to be something and to do something. And that something was typically go into a workplace and create value, but then get in exchange, get a title and get a salary for that. Nowhere along our our journey. And also that that formal education also told us to compete with each other. Valedictorian, MVP, prom king and queen, who's the best for the AP classes. And then we take that to the work world. And I'm now competing against Joshua for the executive vice president position and not thinking what that position is going to do for my lifestyle or not. I'm just after it. Right. But what we were never taught and what you have to lean into self-education for, which is huge. Don't know why I really got into self-education in my early twenties, but I did. The process that you just expressed of I call it storing money, not saving money, because when you say you're storing money, it's intentional. And once you have enough in storage, you're deploying it to buy something good that can do something for you. It could be a piece of real estate. It could be a business, but it could also be a book. It could be a seminar. It could be a trip that opens your brain to what the rest of the world has to offer. That entrepreneurial spirit of self-discovery and going after business and learning, oh, man, if I get a K-1 statement, that means I can knock off 130 grand worth of tax liability If you don't study it, then you're just going to have to accept the rules that were provided to you during formal education. And those rules are very expensive, very expensive because we're just following the status quo. It's hard for people to see that. But for the people that do or for the people that listen to amazing podcasts like yours, we're giving them a window to understand you got to look under different rocks to figure this life thing out. 100 percent, 100 percent. Now, um. I love when I was looking up information before we hopped on here. I mm-hmm. love that you have a line. You said, you know, how do you build a life that you don't need a vacation from? Right. And <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because that resonated with me because as I was growing up and I had one business and I was, you know, running the thing, I, I was everything. And then eventually started building a team and all that. Yeah. I said, you know, what would life be like if I didn't dread going to work? You know, mm-hmm. what if I, what would life be like if I, if going in and working 
either independently or with the team was the highlight of my day mm-hmm. instead of the part that I had to do to get the money, right? Mm-hmm. So what if that became, the journey became the destination, right? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you build a life that you don't need a vacation from because yeah. that's so powerful. Listen, it all starts with, so I coach people in lifestyle design. It's based on my own journey, but also now based on the hundred or so people that I've coached. And what I did was reverse engineer a framework by which people could build lifestyle or redesign their lifestyle. And it all starts with drafting your perfect day in vivid detail. I am waking up. I smell coffee. My kids are good. I have enough money to pay for a nanny for support. Um, I am in the Mediterranean region of Barcelona, Spain. I have the breeze coming into my house. I walk down the street. I sit at the same coffee shop every day. I talk to my man, Joshua, and three of my other investors. We do deals together. Then I go kick it with my boy, Mark. We drink a bottle of wine together. We really kick it about life. I go home, et cetera. Like whatever that perfect day is, you can build the framework for it. You're you're not going to have a perfect day every day. It's impossible. But in my life schema, because I knew what my, I know what my personal blueprint is. I, so perfect day, personal blueprint, then work blueprint to match your personal blueprint. My personal blueprint, I don't want employees. I don't want to take the damn Metro every day. I don't want to eat Subway sandwich shop. I want to be somewhere where it's warm. I want to have cultural immersion of part of my day-to-day life. As much as I love New York, DC, Boston, and I'm an East Coast dude, like I'm not learning anything on the East Coast anymore. Like I know it, I've been here for so long. So why not experience another culture all the time? So that's my personal blueprint. Then you pick the work blueprint to match your personal blueprint. Why are you taking a job with Amazon just because your professor said that's the best company in the world when you don't want to be stuck in San Francisco? Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? You can pick the, so when I got out of all the W-2 jobs and I built Quattro Capital, I told my partners, no employees, no brick and mortar, nothing on the side of a building. I want this laptop. I want that cell phone. I want to be able to operate, pick up business processes, virtual assistants, and just operate from around the world. I don't have a perfect day every day, but I have the framework to have it. So even though I'm in DC today, Last week, the week before last, I was in Cyprus. The week before that, I was in Lebanon. The week before that, I was in Germany, I think. And then tomorrow or two days from now, I'll be in Atlanta with my other kid, my oldest son. And then the week following, I'm on my way to Portugal. I'm using lifestyle design tactics to do it all, but I have a framework. Like, I can't do all that if I own a Subway sandwich shop and I have to be there every day. Exactly. Now, if I own 30 subways and I have a management crew that takes care of it, that's different. But you have to yeah. design it that way. So yeah. what I'm what I'm saying is like in answer to your question of how do you build lifestyle you don't need a vacation from, know what your North Star is, know who you are personally, and do work that matches that. That work does not have to be entrepreneurial. You can have a virtual job supporting a company to go do certain things. Or in my other case, When I was a police officer, it matched what I wanted from a personal perspective. I wanted to give back to my local community, right? So I chose the job that would help me give back to my local community. It is being intentional about what you want your lifestyle blueprint to be. You just have to find someone who can help you do it or just understand the aspects of it and build from there, not just default to status quo. How did you get on this track? Like, how did you figure this out for yourself? So I just posted about it today. It's funny. Um, I didn't know. It, it's just that I was doing it because I wanted, when I, when I deployed, I deployed with the military in 2015 to Turkey, Western Turkey. I was a federal agent at the time and I was running a field office in a city called Izmir, which is the third largest city in Turkey. Very westernized, very cool. Those, I just had the best time in my life. And what I realized was I had three purposes in life. One, I'm a guy who likes to be in love with family or with a significant other or whatever. I need that to operate well. Like I want to have a good relationship with my kids and all that. Two, I want to be loved by a community. And when I say I want to be loved by a community, what that means is I did something good for them. That's all. That's the only way a community can love you, whether you're a police officer or you work at the soup kitchen or whatever. I just wanted to be loved by a community. And then three, I want constant learning. I cannot just sit in D.C. and do the same shit over and over and over. So my way of constant learning is traveling and immersing in culture and maintaining myself in the beginner's mindset. Mm. All that to say, if I couple that with the journey that I had and my love of traveling from back in the day and experiencing all these amazing relationships everywhere and building businesses, I reverse engineered that whole thing and created the framework that I told you. 
The reason why I created that framework of perfect day, personal lifestyle blueprint, work blueprint was because in 2019, a friend of mine said, Mo, if you don't tell people your journey and what you did, then you are going against the grain of the servant person you say you are. People need to understand what you did so they can emulate it in some way to improve their life. So I started posting. And then when I started posting, and I had never posted on social media before, this is early 2020, people started reaching out to me and asking for consulting and coaching. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I guess I can do that. I did it for about six months informally with PayPal, you know, going through PayPal and all that. And then I just started, decided to build a platform. I went and found someone who had already done it, copied what they did, asked for advice, paid them for advice. We need to pay for people's time. Yep. I built a website. I asked the tools, Kajabi, Stripe, Zoom, in, in your case, Riverside, right? I asked for the tools, implemented it, and now I help people do it. But it all came from, like, I thought about that whole journey, and then I was challenged by a friend. I wanted to give people what I never had, which was a framework. Mm. I was just doing, and it was coming out naturally. And I really had to think about it, because everyone I told about my journey was like, that's not normal. But to me, it is normal. Yeah. So if it's normal to me, how can I help other people make their own journey normal like that? So I created the framework by which people can create lifestyle they don't need vacation from. Dude, I freaking love it. I absolutely love it. The words that this man is is speaking right now will absolutely change your life if you jump in and, and understand what he's trying to say. It's yeah. so big. It's so big. Mm-hmm. You mentioned beginner's mindset and, you know, go back to having a beginner's mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about what that means for you and how you implement that. That Because think about it. After a while, like, isn't that the hard part? Like, once we get into these businesses, I don't have to be uncomfortable anymore. I don't have to not know. <laughs> Certainty is 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 a guarantee because yeah. I finally built this. But what's the value in going back to that beginner's mindset or sucking at something new? That's it, brother. That's the problem of professionals and adults right now. We don't know how to dream. You know why we don't know how to dream? Because we climb a mountain, we get to the top of our professional mountain, we get to executive VP or CEO or whatever, and we just sit there forever. And we're not learning anything new. We might be optimizing something, but I don't think we're learning anything new. So when I say beginner's mindset, I like to climb up mountains and get the hell off of it and go down to the bottom and learn something else. Now, so I went up to the top of the IT mountain and I was like, I'm good. I'm going to go down the bottom and do some, I'm going to do the military mountain. I'm good. I'm going to go down the bottom. Now, it just so happens that I did all these mountains at the same time, (laughs) but I wanted to learn. So the same way I told you about the single family journey, when I did get to a certain level of passive income, like I'm not learning anything. So I paid for a seminar. I paid for a mentor at significant expense. I started buying multifamily real estate. I found my partners. Here's the interesting thing. We then paid for a business coach to help us. Like we wanted to go to the bottom of the mountain. Like, how do we do this together? Yeah. That's on a business level. On a personal level, I know D- I told you, I know DC. I'm now splitting my time between DC and the Mediterranean, typically Cyprus, Cyprus, Lebanon, Turkey, Greece. That's amazing. Because I want to experience what it's like to live on that side of the world before I punch off this planet. Yeah. Why do yeah. I want to do the same thing in D.C. every day when I can go learn something from scratch? Nobody knows me. I can reinvent myself. I can try new food and learn another language, start a new business. So I started a new business in Cyprus. This thing that we do, we get to the top of the mountain and we're like, yeah, I'm not going to learn anything else. I think that's OK for certain people, but for my personality and to build my life book and experience the planet as we were intended. Nah, man, you got to get off the mountain Go back to being a beginner again. Learn something new. Master it. And I'm not saying dip your toe for one day in each thing. I'm saying become a master at something. Like repeat it over and over. Like get to know it. That's where the beginner's mindset comes in. When I feel stagnant, that's called the rat race. And I get out of that. Move to the next thing. It's great that you know that about yourself because that's something that it, that so many don't realize and they think it is just to the top, you know, even if they own their business, like, all right, good. When I eventually hit a hundred thousand dollars a year, $10,000, 20,000, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever is success to you, then you're there. And then you're just trying to maintain that. And there's nothing that sucks your soul faster than that kind of thing that there's, it, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Tony Robbins is the best. It. Not that's growing, Tony you're Smart. Dying. Tony yep, Smart. Because if, if you're just yep. going to work for the paycheck, I'm sorry. I know people who make $50 million a year and they're effing miserable Yep. because what has happened to them is they're just getting money and yep. just getting money does not stimulate someone forever. 
It okay. doesn't. You can go out and buy consumer goods in the next car and the next car and you wake up and you got 10 cars in the driveway and it's like. Still not yeah. happy. I, I Still don't, not fulfilled. This is not what I want, man. It's relationships yep. and yep. experiences. Hundred percent. That's what drives a human soul is relationships. Yep. It's the highest level of currency. Yep. Right. It's not money. It's nope. relationships. It's it's building those experiences, sharing those experiences with people. That's what lights the human soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's so yeah, so good. So, mm-hmm. so as far as your principles, you have freedom principles. I'd love for you to mm-hmm. dig into those freedom principles, and then also. I want to get it right after that. I want to get into how you automate what you're doing. Cause you said you don't have employees and I'm a huge fan of that. I run a company, uh, a construction company. We don't have a truck lettered up. We don't have a shirt made up. I work out of my basement. No one knows we exist except my customers. Right. Cause that's always been my <laughs> mantra too. It's not about brick and mortar. I never want to own that. I like, I don't, I want to work like, so I can move my wife's from Germany. We travel a lot as well. And it's like, you know what? I'm like, I want to be able to just work anywhere. I, I don't, I want to be able to pop it open on yeah. a beach. I'm not a beach guy, but I just want to pop it open on a beach and be like, all right, answer five emails. Good. Let's go back to here. Let's keep moving. Like, I don't want to be stuck somewhere. I don't, I grew up on a farm and I never want that. Yeah. So, uh, and I want to give credit where credit is due. I, I always had the life lifestyle design thing in my head, but could never articulate it. And then I found the book before our work week in 2010 by Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. And that kind of mm-hmm. changed me. Now I've taken a lot of what he said and I've adapted it to what I believe and based on my experience, but those freedom principles are important. Um, I think time, so there's five time freedom is the first one. And it's just literally Mm -hmm. the ability to control one's time as desired. That's it. Yeah. It is the Holy grail. We have 28,000 days in the average 80 year lifetime. I am 47 years old. I have 10,580 and change left. I don't have time to be messing around doing stuff I don't want to do. So time freedom is the ability to control one's time as desired. Financial freedom to me is enough financial resources to support your lifestyle without having to rely on active work, having to rely on a paycheck. But it's okay if people rely on a paycheck um, because, you know, like my dad, he was a school principal for 30 years. He enjoyed it and he got a pension. He's he's good with that. Um, Geographic freedom is what you're talking about. There's a mindset as well as a skill set related to geographic freedom. We'll talk about the skill set in a bit. But it's the ability to engage life and planet and opportunity and business opportunity anywhere in the world. If there is an opportunity somewhere and you can't get there, then you don't get to engage that opportunity. The reason I'm in Cyprus developing real estate now is because there was an opportunity there. I have geographic freedom and I can go and I can do that stuff. Um, The last two are a little bit less obvious. Purpose freedom is just being able to do what you want within your value and belief system. So me being a police officer, because I want to help people. And then relationship freedom, we need it, brother. Because if you are sitting in the office from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day, then you're not engaging with someone like Maurice or Joshua to learn something outside of your four walls of your office. Mm -hmm. It's people that move us from point A to B, right? So those are the five freedoms. And, And that lifestyle design and coaching is based off of those five freedoms. I love that dude. And you're right. You can only get so much time. You can always make more money, but you only get so much time. And you know, when God yeah. pulled your card, it's, 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 next it's, it's level, it. right. That's it. That could be in one minute from now. It could be in 50 years. We don't know. Yeah. So we got to live each day. Like you don't know if it's going to be. And so, you know, so be it. And that's it. Uh, that's it. It's, it's incredible, but yeah, dude, it's it living purposefully. Right. And, and doing these things in a way that you know, living through your career and through mm-hmm. your family life and all that, but being purposeful, understanding your North star, understanding where you're going, right. Understand at least some framework of it is gigantic it's because gigantic. I didn't, I, I didn't grow up that way, dude. I didn't mm-hmm. grow up with any of that. You know, my, my parents are amazing human beings and they worked and they worked and they're still working like crazy. Right. And they're close to 70 now and mm-hmm. they love what they do. And that's fantastic. Right. But I'm like, I love what I do too. And I love empowering people and teams. You know, and I love uh, that was a skill set that had to be developed because I didn't grow up with that. You know, I wasn't even on a on a, a you know any kind of sports team as a kid, so I didn't even understand how that worked. It's like now I don't want to do it, but who's going to do it? So, can you walk us through how you build teams? And I'd love to get into how you've automated a lot of yeah, your processes, yeah. that kind of stuff, because that's huge and, and trusting those things. Yeah, um, as far as building teams go, I think it it really boils down to people with similar values. Like I've had people approach me for real estate deals and I just won't do business with them because I come from a background of severe integrity. You got to think like I was in the military for a long time, police officer for a long time. And I was raised by immigrant parents and my parents would slap the shit out of me if I did something Mm. wrong. Right. So when I had people sitting in business meetings talking about how to squeeze out the next million, I'm like, we're not doing business together. 
because yeah. what we should be talking about is how to squeeze out value for the residents of those places 100%. and then make money as a consequence of doing right by people. Yes. So teams for me comes from people of like value. I happen to have found four people of like value relative to Quattro Capital, the company that I started. Just as a order of magnitude, when I was doing real estate on my own, I was relatively successful. Like I got to about $7 million worth of real estate. A lot of it paid off in 16 years, 15, 16 years. When I did form a team and found people of like values and talked about how it's going to support our lifestyle, not become our lifestyle. That's a key. Don't tell me, Maurice, the real estate investor. Don't do that to me. I am Maurice. I happen to do real estate. Yes. I am Maurice. I happen to be a police officer. I hate when people label me. They -hmm. understood that. They are like that as well. But together in three years, we've done $200 million worth of real estate. Fantastic. We hired a business coach to help us figure out our lanes and what we should be doing. For, for 15 years, I was the guy finding the real estate. I'm the guy tip of the spear doing the, doing the stuff. Now, I don't want to be that anymore. Yeah. I want to be the guy spending time with investors talking life and how I can help you and stuff. So teams come down to values. And as far as automating goes, I, I love this stuff. Automation, elimination, and outsourcing. And I got that from Tim Ferriss back in 2010, but I eliminate, I outsource, and I automate. I find for for anything I can. The thing that was keeping me from being geographically mobile for a while was the fact that I had 900 pieces of mail coming to my house. Mm. Everyone was like, yo, I I mailed it to you last week. Damn, I'm overseas. All right, I'll try and get back to the house, go get it. So I automated my mail. I use earth-class mail. I don't receive mail anywhere anymore. It comes into an online interface. When I talk to the team about... How are we going to manage all these properties? Because we own 28 apartment complexes or something like that now. Maybe like 2,000 units-ish. Nice. I'm cool to have a phone call with property managers, but what I want is the detailed information or non-critical, non-do-it-now information to be dropped in Slack channels. Mm. So we have Slack channels relative to properties we're acquiring, Uh, And once we acquired it, then it flips over to properties we're managing. And you'll see all the message stream and stuff like that. The only reason I want to have a Zoom call is something that requires my decision or awareness, immediate awareness. Don't call me. Don't ask me to be on an hour phone call. I don't want it. Put pertinent information somewhere where I can read it at some point or text me if you really need me to get there. So we use Earth Class Mail. We use uh, Slack quite a bit. Obviously, WhatsApp, Zoom. We use Loom. A lot, mm-hmm. if you know Loom. So mm-hmm. instead of like, if I got to show my man Joshua a deal because you're a real estate investor, I'll get on a Loom with a spreadsheet or whatever. I'll explain something in a five minute video, point it out in the Loom and I'll send it to you. I'm not going to take up 45 minutes of your time, which is really an hour and 30 minutes of your time because I broke your momentum from something else. That's right. I don't want it. Uh, so that's Loom. Other things like... Um, Portal for our investors. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you that it, 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 I just lost it. Loom, Slack. Oh, Entity Keeper. Mm. In in my in my business life, the amount of LLCs and companies I have is insane. Yeah, I think I'm over fifty now, or something like that. Nice. So they're all on a tool called Entity Keeper, which tracks when the annual report's supposed to be filed, when the registered agent's got to be paid, when, and it'll it'll alert you. It's not going to alert me. My virtual assistant, who I pay 20 bucks an hour, gets the alerts. And then she will take care of things and then give me a report every other Monday on what is getting done. All that to say that I can pick up and disappear for four to five months. That's my KPI. Can I roll out? If I can roll out, that means I'm doing something right. If I can't roll out, I'm going to get rid of that thing. I don't want it. So even like one last thing, something as simple as... Cleaning. I actually like cleaning my house, but I outsource it now. I, a cleaning lady mm-hmm. comes to do it. There's a neighborhood kid at where I have a cottage on the water. He cuts the grass for 25 bucks every two weeks. I don't have time to fly back to cut the cut the grass, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything is automated to the extent possible or outsource the extent possible. And if I can't, I just get rid of it. I don't want it. Yeah. That's it's so powerful. And you listeners out there, this might sound impossible for you because you're just used to doing it the old way. But trust me, coming from off a farm as a child, out of a mm. garden center, out of a farm, 
and learning automations and understanding keep understanding you know infusion soft that's that space and start understanding like what can be automated it's insane with zapier and connecting apis yes, and all this man. like it is it to quickbooks and all this my point you know and Maurice and i were talking about this before we hit go is if you've got to do something more than one time if you've got to do it a second time you've got to figure out how to automate it yeah you know what i mean that it's that simple and that works for once you start doing that and automating processes and all that certain things you can automate certain things need white glove right certain relationships need that mm -hmm. but others do not if you can offload all of those other things onto either somebody in the office maybe it's a bookkeeper maybe it's mm -hmm. uh you know a office manager somebody to just start or like you said a virtual assistant managing it through it that's going to take not just your time and give it back to you. It's also going to take your focus. That's it. To your point earlier, right? If, if you've got to go in and say, I, I cannot, I can remember, dude, so many times that I was doing my first company, it was, I was doing all the books. I didn't mm -hmm. trust anybody to do the bookkeeping. I didn't do it and trust anybody to do the reconciliation. I remember sitting there on Sundays doing reconciliation, just pulling my hair out saying, why am I doing this? No, I, I have to do it because I own the business. This is what it has to be. I have to do this. This is my job. The day, Maurice, that I handed that off to a bookkeeper was my happiest <laughs> moment. I, know, I was I, like, I know that so, moment. <laughs> so I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have yeah. to put the bandwidth into thinking I have to do that. It takes time. Yeah. And, you know, I, and it's like, I, I want to add two things to that real quick because I don't want people to get overwhelmed. This is not what me and Josh are talking about is not automating for the sake of automating. It's automating and outsourcing to get to a particular lifestyle that you want. But once you get there, whatever that is, you don't have to keep optimizing. You can right. just stay at your lifestyle. Like there are certain things I could probably go automate now um, that are in my life and or outsource it or something. I'm comfortable. Like I'm very happy with my business lifestyle, the way that it manifests. But I've stopped. I've stopped automating. I've started living more. I'm not worried about it. The other thing I just wanted to add uh, Automation and outsourcing, I do it such that I can spend what's called green time or high value time with people. I need the time to spend with Josh and do this podcast. I need the time to spend with my investors because I need to listen to their life concerns and how a particular project can support it. Or I need it for my coaching students. It's not so you can get away from people. It's so you can actually connect to people in a meaningful way. So I get rid of the bullshit so I can work on the real shit, which is people. But people don't see that. that. They're just like business, business. Oh, everything's business. Nah, man. Everything is relationships and experiences. Yeah. And if you can build meaningful relationships with people, investors, potential partners, your neighbor, like my, my neighbor who I'm looking at her house right now, um, she never had kids. She's like my son's neighborhood grandmother. I'm always spending time with her because the rest of my crap is automated and outsourced. I want to spend time nice. with her. So I just want yeah. to point those two things out so people don't, you know, take that as oh, I have to optimize my whole life. No, that's not what we're talking about at all. No, I love that clarity. Thank you for that. Now, you mentioned Earth Class Mail. Walk us through what that even is. I've never heard of that before. So I'm very curious of yeah. how that works. Uh, and I am not a paid representative of this company, so it is what it is. But Earth Class Mail is uh, just an online interface. Um, they have several warehouses around the country. I have a P.O. box in D.C. So my mail for certain businesses goes to this P.O. box. It actually gets rerouted out to Oregon. I think that's where this particular warehouse is. They scan everything, re-envelope it, store it. I go into the interface. I'm like, yep, I want that. Don't want that. Shred that. Well, that's a check. Mail that to the bank. Package? Oh, no. Forward that to me at the house. I want that. It's just so I can see everything in one. So instead of looking at mail every day, Earth Class Mail has business rules. The, I have two business rules that are set up. One, open everything and keep it on file until I tell you to shred it. Two, if it's a check, automatically mail it to this place once you recognize it. So checks will get deposited even if I haven't looked at it in, in months. Yeah. Checks, checks will go. Those are the two business rules I have. Um, what it does for me is instead of looking at mail every day, it's scheduled for me. I look at it on the 30th of the month for about two hours. Got it. I bang how it much out. time you save. Holy yep. crap. Yep. Wow. That alone. And it, guys, it, listen, that might sound like it's just the mail, man. It's just like takes me five minutes a day. <laughs> Times 30 days plus all the extra distraction. The fact that you're not doing anything on the relationship or experience side. Right. right? All of that starts to play into it. And pretty soon you're like, well, wait a minute here. 
if I don't have to do that, what else could I be doing with my time? You know, mm-hmm. I tell a funny story where in my office, I have all my lights automated, right? And people are like, why do you have your lights automated? I'm saying, because that's one less thing I got to think about. They turn on <laughs> at 5 a.m. and they shut off at 8 p.m. That's simple. It. I come in and out of that room. It knows who I am. And that's the end of it. I never have to think about that. It's mm-hmm. not the act of turning a switch on that I'm trying to avoid. It's the act of having to be conscious of it. That's it. That's it's it. It's that simple. Yeah. Just like and your it, mail. It frees, it frees your... um. <sighs> I don't know if people are going to get this, but it frees your brain up. And I can explain that by suggesting to you, when I left Accenture after 25 years, I was a very technical-minded person, mechanical engineer, IT systems implementation, consulting. Like, It's a very rigid guy. The moment I left, I started to notice six months later how creative I've become. Yeah. And then I started to realize, oh, man, my brain was rented out for 25 years. I, I don't want my brain spending too much time on things that are inconsequential. Yeah. I needed spending time on family, friends, cool shit like this that's going to help someone's life, business yeah. stuff. So doing some of that automation and outsourcing is helpful because, it, or the lights, doing some of that stuff is helpful because you don't have to think about it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the bandwidth of time to think about it. It's not just the act. That's right. That's, that's right. That's, that's, that's a bigger piece than the act itself. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so powerful, dude. So, um, what, what is a book that you could recommend? You mentioned the four hour work week. Is there any books that have really hit home for you that have changed the game? Maybe yeah. one or two. Four hour work week by far is the number one. Got it. Um, the second one is, uh, Tony Robbins money master the game. Yep. And people have an aversion to Tony sometimes. So the, the, the book is not about Tony. What Tony did was bring 20, 30 of the world's most ridiculous financial minds and interview them and put all their thought processes in the book. Yep. So I read sections on Ray Dalio and Sir John Templeton and uh, whoever. Like that book is amazing. And what it taught me, I do want to say this real quick. I never realized, and nor does 95% of the working public who are being robbed right now. When we are putting money into a 401k, there's management fees associated to that 401k. Mm-hmm. If you, like John Bogle from Vanguard, if you are leveraging a 500, S&P 500 index index fund and the management fee is 0.02% because it's run by a computer, no biggie. But if you have your money in a fund that is a 3%, 2% management fee, over time, management fees compound negatively. So you're losing 60, 40 to 60% of that wealth in a 20-year period. You want to know why all the 401k and financial firms go lobby Congress to let us put more money in a 401k? That's why. That's exactly That's right. why. And it's stuff like that that I read in that book, things like asymmetric risk reward. I usually do deals where... I usually do deals where if I give you a dollar, if I win, I'm going to get $5 back, Yeah, which means I only have to get one of those deals right. Yep. Asymmetric risk reward. I learned it in that book. All right. So four hour work week, uh, money masters the game. And then the last one that is really profound for me is Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning. Got it. Okay. I mean, talk money all day, man, but money is a tool to live life. And if you don't have a purpose for life, if you can't find meaning in what you are doing, and connecting with people and serving community and giving back, you're going to be empty. And I think society or not society, I think good people were trying to tell us that when they presented, you know, Scrooge to us and things of that nature. Yep. Without purpose, there is you're just empty. Yep. He's a Holocaust survivor. He lost his entire family and he had to figure out a reason to even survive. It is a very hard read for the first 80 pages. But after it, he penned something called Logotherapy which really goes into the psyche around meaning for men and women and purpose and life and things of that nature. Because I have a grasp of what that is for me, the money shit is easy yeah. because I know why I'm doing it. So I, I have motivation to get up because I have purpose and meaning. That book changed me fundamentally. So I highly recommend it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've, I've never read that one. Uh, man's search for meaning. I've heard it a hundred times. Tony, you know, talks a lot about it. I'm a huge yeah. fan. Yeah. He's absolutely helped me change my life and it's been unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's incredible stuff. So question for you. Yeah. Here's we we're getting close to wrapping up. What do you think the number one thing that holds people back is? Oh, easy. 
the number one, from my perspective, based on my journey, but the number one thing that holds people back is opinion of others. Hmm. It's peers, coworkers, neighbors, and even family telling you what you are supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to look, what you're supposed to do from a career perspective, what's going to make you successful. It's opinions of others. Where, if you want to try life on, if you want to really get after it, put people's opinions down. Get off the crowded career highway because everyone is vying for the same position, the same certification, the same title. Get off that. Or leverage it such that you can create your own highway the way you have, Josh. That highway is wide open. You can just roll down that joint. But we don't do it because there is a definition in society of what's successful, what smells successful, looks successful. Your family has a, my family's an immigrant family. My mom and dad have a money blueprint from when they grew up in the 60s and the 70s. That money blueprint says you get a stable job, you sock money away for 30 years and you get a pension. That doesn't work with me. Mm. I understand why they were giving it to me, but had I listened to my parents, I never would have invested and sent a dollar out and expected $4 to come back within three years. Yeah. Peers, family, coworkers, neighbors, opinions, put other people's opinions down and go do life how it is that you want to do or find someone who's doing something that feels right to you and model them. It's not yes. difficult. The herd is going left. You don't feel like going left, but you're just going to follow them anyway out of safety. Man, we got one life to live, man. And it's not a dry run. Go right and go figure out the life that you want. Dude, I could just drop Mike right here. <laughs> that was that was sick, dude. So, so spot on. Absolutely, dude. I, I Every single word. It's amazing. Appreciate that. Well, brother, I could talk to you for the next uh, 24 hours. But uh, at this point, <laughs> if people, you know, resonating with your message, and I'm sure they are, how do they find you? How can you help them? Like, how does that look for you? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to me, letting me ramble and provide some value to some folks who it might make sense for. I am very vocal about all the stuff that we talked about on LinkedIn. That's the journey that I told you when someone challenged me to go on social media and just give my journey, my mistakes, my successes away. And I've been doing that since early 2020. So LinkedIn, I'm very active on a day-to-day basis. Um, Quattro Capital is the investment firm that I started. The website is The Quattro Way, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-W-A-Y, thequattroway.com. Um, trylifeon.com, that's my personal platform because I want to help people try life on more. Our stated mission is to help people build lifestyle they don't need a vacation from. We're doing it through the podcast now, the Try Life mm-hmm. On podcast that I, we just started. And then I'm coaching people one-on-one. I only coach a certain amount of people at a just for bandwidth reasons. I don't do group coaching or anything because I think people are way too unique. It's impossible from my perspective. Right. Uh, so trylifeone.com. And then lastly, I'm talking all this big smack about lifestyle and traveling to all these countries. And I didn't say it, but you know what? It's Wednesday. F it. I'm going to get on a plane today. I'm going to go to Helsinki, Finland, hang out in the Baltic Sea, and then I'm going to come back on Sunday. I do stuff like that all the time. It's not extraordinary to me. It's ordinary. We can do that. We have the ability as humans to make extraordinary ordinary. Instagram, I tend to show that stuff real time because I want people, not that I want people to see what I'm doing, but I now I'm starting to realize like, if we don't model certain things that people can get out and just be different and not go left with the herd, you can you just do stuff. I show that a lot on Instagram in a visual way. So I think that would benefit people too. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's, it's not about bragging. It's about saying, look, this could be your life too. Yeah. Or whatever yep. it is. Like I just want to yep. give people yep. inspiration to go do something yep. for themselves, man. Make your own definition. Uh-huh. Absolutely, dude. So one last final question for you. Yeah. You've traveled to over a hundred countries. Where's your favorite spot to go hide or to enjoy? Oh, man, that's so terrible. Many choices. That is horrible. That's a horrible <laughs> question. You that's can only go one options. more place, Maurice. That's it. Where are you going to go? You know what, brother? Right now I have to give, I still have to give credit to Turkey. Okay. Because Turkey changed in 2015, when I lived there for almost a year, it changed my life. And it introduced me to the Aegean Sea region and the Mediterranean region. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I now live between Cyprus, Turkey, Lebanon, which is right there. I love Lebanon too. Mm-hmm. And Greece, which I can go over to. But man, what that country did for my psyche and what those people who, and some of them I'm still friends with, 
did for changing the trajectory of my family, I can never, ever repay what it, what it did. And um, I was known in my family for like <laughs> exactly what I told you. Where would I go hide? There was times I was sitting in D.C. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to Turkey tonight. And I would hop the flight to Istanbul, fly down to Izmir just to read a book for two days and come back. Hmm. That's how so much cool. that country that it's not the it's the experience that I had there. I'm getting so many memory dividends, as Bill Perkins coins it from a different book. I it, it, it is still paying me. And it's seven, eight years later, what it did for me. And it is still constantly paying me. So I've been to Turkey maybe 40, 45 times in the last eight years. It's incredible, dude. Yeah. It's incredible. I love that. And, you know, I, I, I was born and raised here in Pennsylvania and, you know, I, my family, we traveled all over the United States. So blessed to be able to do that as a child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, we would always camp and, and it, was, it was awesome. I would never take back a day. Mm -hmm. When I met my wife, she's from Germany and mm -hmm. we started traveling in Europe and Oh my God, was my eyes opening <laughs> up. I mean, it's a whole different world. I'm like, how come I've never heard or known or why, how do these people do this? Or it's like, and I don't have to explain it to you. You know this even better than I do. Mm -hmm. It's, it is a completely different world, not better or worse, just different. They but see I, things different. But I will just add, look, we live in the United States of America. You and I are benefiting from it. It is the greatest place of opportunity that exists on this planet. From my perspective, I love my country. I serve my country, not only in the military, but in the police department. It gave my parents uh, a home when they left Haiti. But I will tell you something about what we do that is sad. We don't like we can travel around the U.S. Denver's great. San Fran's great. Florida's great. Everything's great. But if you go from place to place, generally, the issues are the same socioeconomic issues. People are talking about Trump, Biden, their speed limit. Subway sandwich shop, McDonald's, like it's all the same and generally the same culture unless you're going south, north, that type of thing. When you go, it's back to beginner's mindset. When you yeah. go to another country, the socioeconomic issues are different. The language yeah. is different. The feeling is different. So when people are short-sighted and they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to another country, you're shorting yourself. It has zero to do with the other country. It has everything to do with exposing you and your family to a different set of socioeconomic issues and languages and food and smells and taste and feeling such that you are even more proud of who you are. Yeah, man, we screw ourselves up from that perspective. So that's my rant about traveling. I'm like, you don't have a passport. I'm on my eighth passport at this point. <laughs> you probably burn them up. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're, they're hidden somewhere. We're smoking but, again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's important, man. I hope people get out and travel. And it's not to, to say another country is the best country. It's to say that there's a lot of other things to see and do. Yeah. A lot to learn and experience. You know, mm -hmm. if life's all about relationships and experiences, why not try to, to get as many collected in your life as you possibly can and then oh. share them as much as possible. Fill your life book, baby. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. All right, Maurice, I got to let you go or we'll keep going here. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all right, all right, but I appreciate you coming on and listeners out there. I mean, Maurice is the real deal. He's got some amazing stuff. Go take a look at his, uh, you know, his website, take a look at his Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, he's just an incredible guy. I mean, you can, I do a lot of podcasts, but sometimes you just really vibe with people and this guy I'm definitely vibing with. He's, he's the real deal. And, uh, you know, life is, is always better when you can figure out how to build a life that you don't need a vacation from. You, know, you can take vacation because you want to, not because you must have that to get the hell away from what's going on. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really, in my opinion, one of the bigger goals in life. So, Maurice, thank you for coming thank on you, today. Man. It's been a pleasure. And I wish you nothing but the best. You too, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye.